This is your chance to vote for SAFM as your best station by simply going to radioawards.co.za and completing the voting form. Vote for SAFM in the hashtag MyStation competition. You could win yourself 40,000 Rand just by showing your favorite station some love. Vote as many times as you like to increase both our chances of winning. Competition closes on the 27th of September, 2023. T's and C's apply. SAFM, leading the conversation. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. I don't know if you've come across these apps and these sort of electronic services that will say to you on your phone, sometimes a watch, whatever it is, that they'll basically make you feel a bit bit better. They'll talk about mental health and they'll talk about how to actually feel better. Some of them uh, seem pretty simple. They'll sort of be meditation or kind of remind you to take a minute or breathe or things. Some of them do a bit more than that, but you actually need to be quite careful who you trust your mental health with. Professor Jeannie Marie Patterson is a professor of law and co-director of the Centre for Artificial Intelligence and Digital Ethics at the University of Melbourne. Of course, that's in Australia. Professor Patterson, good day to you and thank you very much indeed for your time. Well, thank you for having me. We've seen so many of these services. Do they actually help you at all? How careful do you need to be when sort of trusting your mental health with what is really a piece of microchips and algorithms? Uh, I think you need to be pretty careful. And one of the concerns that we have about these apps is that they're untested. They're largely untested. What they're doing is making claims about techniques that may work in a human-to-human environment, an assumption that they'll work when an algorithm is playing the part of the therapist. And it's not clear that, in fact, that is good for your mental health. Um, I don't suppose that an algorithm can ever replace another human being. I mean, humans need humans. That's the story of humanity. That is the story of humanity, and particularly in the mental health space, where we know that um, anxiety, depression, loneliness often are, are triggered by a lack of human contact. And it's not clear that an app can really address or respond to those conditions and indeed may even ignore or miss warning signs that people's mental health is escalating. And I'd add, at the same time, the app is collecting data and money, um, so in some ways profiteering um, from the people who are using it. Sure. Um, Is there a risk then that that can make conditions worse? Because some people might say, look, um, I use this thing, it makes me feel a bit better, and so therefore I'm going to keep using it. But you might not actually know, is there a potential risk that you might not know is suddenly you're putting yourself in danger with? There's a concern that people may not recognise that their mental health is deteriorating, or we've even heard some stories of people who feel more anxious that the app isn't helping them. So they keep using the app because they want to feel better, they don't feel better, but they don't feel they've got anywhere else to turn. So there's some people whose mental health conditions have in fact been escalated by some of these conditions. And of course, there's an unpleasant situation that occurred in the EU with someone who in fact um, harms themselves um, on a recommendation from the mental health app that they were using. Sure. Um, 
all of this gets to another point, and you study sort of artificial intelligence, and there's a claim that in certain things, AI may be able to replace humans. When it comes to this kind of thing, do you think a, an AI bot or an artificial intelligence, something will ever be able to replace a human? It seems to me hard to imagine that. But I know some people, uh, people younger than me, my children, spend a lot more time in the digital world if they can rather than the real one. Well, look, um, the digital can do lots of interesting things. And I think there is a true, there's a case for keeping an open mind about what uh, technologies such as ChatGPT might be able to do. The problem is that we shouldn't think it can do magic and it can't take the place of a human therapist. It might be good at triaging, for example, to make the time with the therapist more effective, but it certainly isn't a therapist and I don't think it ever will be. There's a problem, isn't there, that people turn for, for anything, any problem that you have, you turn to your phone. And I imagine that if I want to know what the temperature is outside, I turn to my phone. But some things you shouldn't really do that. You must actually talk to another human being. Is this maybe a, 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 a reminder of that? Yeah, I think so. I think there's two issues here. One is that Dr. Google doesn't necessarily know more than real doctor. And the other one is that often the phone isn't helpful. I mean, we're well aware now that in Australia anyway, we found that children's eye conditions are worse off because they don't go outside. They pay play they spend too long on a screen i think the same is for mental health one of the best things for mental health is to go outside and get a bit of sunlight um so a constant focus on our phone sitting outside isn't necessarily the best for health and well-being well, maybe if they need to play a bit more spend a bit more time playing cricket professor dare i say thank you very much <laughs> from a south african <laughs> we won't mention rugby hey <laughs> no well i was i was going to be polite thank you pretty you're not a kiwi <laughs> professor Jeannie marie patterson thank you professor of law and co-director of the center for artificial intelligence and digital ethics at the university of melbourne